Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. podcast details crimes and may not be appropriate for all listeners. Welcome to Twisted Travel and True Crime. Today I'll be telling you the story of Emma Kelty, an avid adventurer who met her death in the Amazon River where she was brutally killed because she was initially mistaken for a drug runner. Thank you so much for listening today. You can probably hear the sounds of the waves hitting the hull of my boat kind of sounds nice, but forgive me for that. I don't have a quiet studio to work in. I would especially like to thank the Van Herks for your kind words and for monetarily supporting the podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, there is a link in the episode description that will tell you how you can do that. Money is not the only way to support the podcast. Taking a few minutes to give a five-star rating and a nice review is wonderful as well. Also in the episode description are the show notes where you will find where my resources are. For this episode, I'd like to take you to Brazil and deep into the jungle, all the way to the Amazon River. The Amazon is sometimes called the lungs of the earth and hosts the world's mightiest river. It nurtures the largest rainforest on earth and provides life for a multitude of flora and fauna. It is one of South America's most fascinating destinations. And despite centuries of in-depth exploration, it's still a mystical place that hides innumerable secrets. The Amazon River originates in Peru and meanders 6,400 kilometers or 4,000 miles through nine South American countries. Defying the dangers in even the remotest regions of the Amazon River, a 52-year-old Slovenian athlete named Martin Strahl took home a fourth Guinness World Record for long-distance swimming when he took on the Amazon River. In 2007, he swam a total of 5,268 kilometers, or about 3,300 miles. This took him 66 days. His nickname is the Hero in a Speedo. His plan for dodging flesh-eating piranhas was to have support boats float near him. They would drop raw meat and blood into other parts of the river to distract any hungry animals. Piranhas are just one of the famous creatures that live in this region. Others include sloths, anacondas, river dolphins, and an uncountable number of birds, including macaws and toucans. The top predator is the black caiman, which looks like a large crocodile. It's also one of the most endangered species. Despite its immense beauty, it is also very dangerous. Parts of the Amazon River have become a favorite hunting ground of people who are seeking thrilling adventure in the world's most diverse and dense ecosystem. River pirates have become a major headache for police in Brazil, where the crime is spiraling and the economy is suffering. Violence is on the rise throughout the country, but especially in the northern part, where the Amazon and its tributaries flow. These rivers and the tourism and trade that happens on them are the targets of these pirates. 
The pirates have organized groups that have moved from the coast, inland, and up the rivers. They're armed with guns, VHF radios, and high-powered binoculars. They are primarily looking for boats that carry fuel or electronics, but they also look for drug shipments. Most of the boats that traverse these areas are easy targets. The pirates surround large vessels at night with several small fast boats. They use grappling hooks and ropes to climb up onto the bigger vessels. Then they steal the cargo and take it to a larger boat anchored nearby. The news about these attacks on tourists and locals are spreading. This is causing a sharp dip in the number of travelers visiting the area. Unfortunately, this ultimately hurts the small communities that have settled along the river and who are dependent on tourists for survival. The pirates do sometimes murder the boaters carrying goods, as they don't want to be recognized. In fact, rival pirates even kill each other in order to get their hands on goods, including drugs. This brings us to the murder of Emma Kelty. Emma Tamson Kelty is a British school teacher who liked to live her life to the fullest. She loved to say that she would put on her can-do hat to get through problems. She used this expression over and over in her correspondence. She flew planes, skydived, and when completing marathons wasn't enough, she chose to run across Scottish mountains. In addition to her physical abilities, she also taught sign language, played piano, and she took the school in which she was head of school from an adequate rating to outstanding. She always kept a Facebook page and an Instagram page updated, letting her friends and family know about her next big adventure. Even though she always sought adventure, in 2014, after her dad died of cancer, she began to check bigger things off her bucket list. Her mother had also died from cancer years earlier, but it was her father's passing that pushed her to a tipping point. She began to choose increasingly dangerous pastimes. She wrote in her blog that life is too short, but at least my father is reunited with my mother. I miss them both greatly. While most of us choose to spend our vacations lounging by a pool, she preferred to do things like taking a long solo ski trip to the South Pole. She was only the sixth woman to complete that particular trip unassisted. She also hiked 2,500 miles on the Pacific Crest Trail. This adventure took her five months. When those two missions were successfully completed, she felt invincible, so she decided to embark on a solo kayak trip down the Amazon River. She reached out to a kayaker who had completed the trip in 2015. This man's name was West Hansen. He cautioned her, saying, Picture a world without laws, manners, social morals, or assistance for hundreds of miles. Rape does not exist because there is no reason to report it. Killings are a daily occurrence because bodies are so easy to dispose of and disappearances are common for innocent reasons, so they are written up simply as that, just disappearances. He told her that he was held at gunpoint on five different occasions during his kayaking descent in 2012. Nearly every person who goes down the river reports different accounts of meeting with pirates, drug runners, and local militias. In 2011, a Polish couple who kayaked through the same area were murdered and their bodies were hacked to pieces, weighted with rocks, and sunk in the river. 
the attack came without warning in a part of Peru known as the Red Zone. In the following year, a South American kayaker was shot three times and left for dead. These warnings fell on deaf ears. Emma took notes and decided that she could do it. She would tell people ahead of time that she was coming through, and perhaps she would get local guides. Maybe they'd be willing to help with the language barrier and any trouble that may arise. When she spoke with locals, they told her to be very, very careful. They warned her that she was focusing in the wrong areas. The red zone was a place she should try to avoid at all costs. She didn't want to hear those answers and ignored multiple warnings. Not only did she ignore the warnings, but she had very little experience kayaking and absolutely no whitewater experience. So she was trying to figure out how she was going to get through 500 miles of turbulent rushing water and rapids, some of which were a class 5 category, which were the hardest to navigate and the most dangerous. She was determined to go alone and unassisted, which meant she would travel without a guide or any support outside. She had been training, but realized quickly that the skills that were required would take years to learn, and she only had a few months so she made a compromise. She would paddle with guides for safety and advice, but wouldn't take any physical help at all from the guides. They wouldn't help her with paddling the kayak or carrying her gear. She decided to start on the Marignan River, which was a larger tributary that feeds the Amazon. Starting there would shorten her trip by 400 miles, and it had the added benefit of bypassing the red zone. This new tributary still had its share of danger, but it didn't have the Red Zone's reputation for violence. The water in the Marignan moves very quickly, like the Colorado River going through the Grand Canyon. The rapids are powerful but straightforward, and a paddler could always carry or portage the kayak in several areas. Emma paid to have a three-person support crew. This included a raft and two kayakers. She chose to paddle an inflatable kayak in the upper part of the river and a creek boat on the easier sections. I had to look up what a creek boat was, and it's basically a kayak that can hold a lot of gear. I'm not a kayaking professional, so I'm probably not describing it perfectly, but that's the gist of it as I understood it. She chose to paddle most of the Class 2 and Class 3 rapids, where she fell in half a dozen times. Then she chose to walk the Class 4 and Class 5 rapids. The guides that she had hired were important when planning which rapids she could paddle and which ones she would have to walk. Since her skills weren't that great, they ended up arguing quite a bit when starting out. The head guide made her walk a 50-mile section early in the trip as he judged the rapids too difficult for her limited skills. About two weeks into the trip, the river entered into an area that had no easy portage option. At first, she agreed to sit on the raft so that her guides would take her down the section. She wanted to set up for camp early that day, and as the evening progressed, she changed her mind, telling the guys that she was going to portage or carry her own food and supplies instead of riding down the rapids. Her stubbornness is her strength and her weakness. The decision to hike down this part of the river added two full days to their trip. The guides who were helping with the trip left in protest. 
They said it's not fun anymore and didn't expect any more pay. I'm not sure if they quit due to walking the extra miles or because they didn't get along with this amazing, headstrong woman. Emma was alone, and doggone it, she was going to keep going, unassisted, which was her plan from the very beginning. Like I said earlier, she was very tough, headstrong, and she was used to getting her way. Every successful adventurer, athlete, and likely any successful business owner shares a little bit of this trait, but in some instances, it can be very dangerous. Unfortunately, in this particular story, she should have picked a comfortable lounge chair by the pool. She spent the following 45 days kayaking along the Marignon, but that was really just the beginning of her 3,000-mile solo and unassisted trip. She was offered help again, but she wasn't interested and made the decision to continue along and accept the risks that came with it. One month into the trip, in late August, news came from the jungle. One of the guides who had been traveling with Emma early in the trip heard reports that she had been killed in the jungle. Her base team passed the disturbing news to Emma's brother in England. When he heard the news, he sent her a message via satellite phone asking if she was okay. After several hours of worry, she messaged back. What she said was, quote, let's hope it's not a premonition, end quote. Two weeks later, she entered the most dangerous portion of her trip. As she approached the most treacherous area, she typed an update to her phone, which was linked to her Facebook page. She said, so I am in or near Kaori. I will have my boat stolen and I will be killed too. Nice. End quote. The quote seemed to be a response to a warning, but no one knows who the threat came from. It definitely wasn't the first caution she'd been given. She also wrote about passing 30 or more men with guns and arrows, and she wrote, quote, My face must have been a picture. End quote. It was followed the next morning by a social media post about meeting three lovely locals and two kittens that slept next to her in the tent for the night. Most of the people who were watching her felt that at this point she was past the worst of the danger. They were wrong. A young student in one of the local communities may have been the last person to talk with Emma. Student Melaine Vincent reported that villagers in her home on the Salamos River called Miss Kelty out of the water. She spoke with Emma saying, I told her it was very dangerous, that it was full of drug trafficking and terrorists. I still remember her last words. I can't stay. The more time I stay here, the more time I'm losing. For me to succeed, I have to do this route. Your hearts are very kind, but I have to carry on. She thanked me and took a photo of us. Then I said good luck and she said the same. I'm very sad that I tried to help her, but I didn't manage to. The rivers in this area are more narrow and full of islands, which leaves plenty of space for people to hide and set up an ambush. There are many river pirates or drug-addled people seeking to rob travelers who are easy targets. Locals say that no one travels alone through these parts and even the Navy patrol boats travel together. It was one of these islands that Emma chose when setting up her tent on September 13th. 
That night, she was raped and tortured by a gang of young men. Afterward, they attempted to slit her throat, which did not go well, so they shot her repeatedly. Her body was thrown into the Amazon. They said she may have still been alive. One of the men went on the run after the murder, but before leaving, he told a local villager what the gang had done. Another was found hiding in some bushes with a phone and a GPS tracker after Emma was murdered. The police detained him. The full details of the stubborn adventurer's last moments were revealed in the gang member's confession, which is as follows. He stated that when the young men saw her tent, they thought it belonged to Colombians with drugs. His young gang of men were not pirates, but they were drug users and they were from the local community. Because they thought the men were drug traffickers, they fired their guns at the tent from about 50 meters away. Emma was struck by a bullet in the arm. Her response was to start waving frantically and screaming for help. He said that when the men saw she was a lone woman, they attacked her, and still believing that she had drugs, they proceeded to threaten her and cut her hair with a knife. They demanded to know where the drugs were. According to the man, one of the group slit her throat with a knife before four of the men sexually assaulted her. They then tried to cut her head off with a machete, but were not successful. Her last moments were pure terror and pain. They dragged her body to the river and dumped it into the fast-moving water. At this point, all of the men ran into the forest to hide. The chief police inspector brought in over 60 officers to search for her. They searched by boat and by helicopter, but did not find her body. He also revealed that some of the gangsters unwittingly alerted authorities to the crime by accidentally setting off the distress signal on her GPS. Originally, investigators believed that she had sent it, but it had, in fact, been pressed by one of the killers who was curiously trying to figure out how to use the device that they had stolen. This was approximately 90 minutes after her death. The GPS signal helped lead investigators to the riverside village of Loro Sodre. Once there, they were able to arrest three of the men accused of her murder. A fourth man was killed in an unrelated gang fight. The investigators sent in a dive team to search for her body, but the divers stopped their search after eight days in the murky water. Sadly, they believed that she was bleeding and injured, and her blood would have attracted carnivorous fish, such as piranhas. Perhaps there were no remains to be found. No one can imagine the terror she felt at the hands of these young men, but it seems she had prepared herself mentally for this eventuality. She said to her friends and family when referring to her Amazon trip that it's stupid, it's too dangerous, it's too risky, and I will die. Paying tribute to Miss Kelty were her brothers Pierce and Giles and her sister Natasha, who stated that they are extremely proud of their sibling and that she was dearly loved. All I can think to say is that I wish she'd have listened to her premonitions. She seemed like the kind of person who always had a good story to tell and would have loved to hear hers. Speaking of stories to tell, I want to hear yours too. I'd like to start ending these podcasts with some crazy travel stories. Maybe they are funny, crazy, or scary. I don't care. I just want to hear them, and maybe I can share them on the podcast. 
I found a funny one online that I thought I'd share with you today. I found this on farandwide.com. In September 2018, passenger Stakir Aika boarded a Lion Air flight in Palembang, Indonesia. She was headed for Jakarta. Her boarding pass listed her seat assignment as 35F, but as she moved to the back of the plane, she realized something alarming. The last row stopped at 34. After a few minutes of confusion, Ika discovered that she'd been assigned an imaginary seat in the plane's bathroom. After talking to Facebook to complain about her, um, crappy seat assignment, Lion Air's corporate office responded with a viable explanation. At the last minute, the flight's original aircraft, which had 39 rows, was swapped out for a smaller plane, which only had 34. I have a couple stories to share as well, but I bet your stories are much better than mine. Let's hear them. You can reach me at twistedtravelandtruecrime at gmail.com, or you can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can find the show notes in this episode in the episode description, along with the support link if you are inclined to read more about Emma. Thanks so much for listening. I wish you fair winds and following seas.